Welcome to a special episode where we're joined by Mariah Cause, a luminary in the digital content world. Mariah is renowned for helping creators monetize through innovative strategies, focusing on community, content, and digital products. Her expertise shines in her new creator party community and her insightful podcast, The Mariah Cause Show. Today, we're exploring a potential groundbreaking shift in the online education space with Mariah Cause. And I don't say that lightly. (laughs) Mariah is at the forefront of transforming the traditional online coaching model and course model by replacing standard Zoom coaching calls with an engaging Q&A private podcast feed. This innovative approach is not just completely altering how we deliver content, but it also reshapes how the creators and the learners interact. I promise we'll delve deep into the practicalities of this idea. Examining how Mariah's transition to Q&A private podcast feeds is actually enhancing learner engagement and freeing up time for everyone. Get ready for a journey into the future of online education with the ever so insightful Mariah Cause. All right, my friends. This is the episode that Nora and I have been secretly waiting for for a very long time. Today, we have Mariah Kaz on, who is the queen of innovative marketing strategies. She has been around the block in this space for a long time. She has seen it, done it, tried it, and then done it better or in a way that's way cooler than what other people are doing. And today, we're going to talk about her Q&A feed, where she replaces coaching calls in her course program. Do you call, is it a course or is it like a group program? It's kind of, it's well, the hybrid, it's like a hybrid, but it's like a course. Yeah. I would say it's a course because the support format, like the support in the course is the Q and a private podcast. Mm, You guys, I mean, this is big from somebody who was in the course creation space for a long time. You know, that Q and a call, that coaching call, it's expected because it's a way to connect with your students it's a way for people to feel like they have contact with you. So we're going to dive into this. And Mariah's nodding her head right now being like, yep, I'm going to blow you guys out there with this. I can't wait. Um, so without further ado, Mariah, the first question we typically ask is, when did you first see private podcasting? And you were like, yes, I totally see how this could work in online business. And I know you've experimented along the way, and this is a relatively new one, but when did you come across the idea of having a private podcast feed with your content? Totally. So first of all, thank you for that very flattering intro. I appreciate that. I didn't even write that, guys. No, she did not. Not at all. It's not like, oh, I'm writing this and you got to make no. me sound really good. From the you heart, from the heart as a as an Thank inspired you. person. Yeah, I appreciate that. I So the first time I came across private podcasts would have been through Lizzie Goddard, who hopefully you are also interviewing. Yes, if we can get um, her to commit to a recording day. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I know I, we went back and forth mm. for so long, but she's the best. And I... I have purchased a handful of her products before and love her and work with her in, in all the ways. But I think one of her products just happened to have a private podcast feed as part of it. It was optional. It's like you can mm. watch the videos or you can listen to the private podcast feed. I listened to the private podcast feed and I was like, this is the first time I've ever completed a course. Yes. Ever. <laughs> ever. So I was like, okay, I, and I'm a course person, but I don't finish other people's courses. I go into them, I like dabble around and then I get distracted by the next thing. So I was like, wow, I can't believe I actually like went through the whole thing. And I'm a huge podcast listener. I'm a podcaster. I have a podcast. I listen to podcasts all day. So 
I've been listening to public podcasts forever, all day, all the time. But that was the first time that I had experienced it as a course. And it I don't know if I even would have bought it if it was like, this is an at the time before I knew. Literally, my brain was like, I listened to podcasts all day, but I would not take a course that was a podcast. Why would I do that? There was just a block there for me. I probably wouldn't have bought it if that was the only way that it came. But it was just like an add-on. And I ended up actually experiencing the course through that and loving it and feeling that was where like I have to experience it myself to understand it and to get it and to have a good experience. And so for me, it was like I was able to learn fully and absorb the information even without the videos, which was shocking to me. I was able to implement the course just from listening to it in the private podcast feed. So that was my first introduction. And I was like, you know what, this is really helpful. And this can be just as valuable, if not more valuable than watching videos, because I actually listened to them. So then I got excited about incorporating it into our business too. Now that you've kind of dabbled in private podcasts and anyone who's been listening to episodes, there's a lot of different ways you can use private podcasts. Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit about the decision you made and how you first started using, like, what did you, maybe your thought process, you're like, this way is going to be the most valuable for our business, for our audience. Talk to us a little bit about that decision. Totally. So there's obviously so many ways that people are using private podcasts and I'm a fan and friends with so many of your power users and they're using them for marketing and sales, right? They're using them as funnels. They're using them as opt-ins. They're using them as to replace webinars, which we've also sort of replaced our launch webinars with podcast episodes, but those are on our public feed. But like, there's a lot of people using them for marketing opt-ins, things like that. For me, we have one feed right now, which I would like to have more, but we have one private podcast feed. And what we've done is we replaced live coaching calls with a Q&A private podcast feed that is only for our paying clients in our business and in our courses and programs, our membership things like that. So yeah, that is how we are using it. And I'm happy to describe like the whole process of how we collect questions, how we run it, how we manage it, the back end of it. And also people are obsessed with it. And I know a lot of people probably have questions about like, well, you know, is it really as valuable as a Zoom call? Or are people not buying your program because it doesn't come with Zoom calls, it comes with a private podcast feed where I answer people's questions instead. And so I can talk to all of that. Yes. Cool. All of that. Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. Okay, great. Well, if you're ready, I'll just let all it rip. Of it. <laughs> let it rip. Go ahead. Okay, cool. So the way that we run the private podcast feed is so uh, let me let me just take a step back for just a moment. So to set the scene, I had been running high touch group coaching programs since the beginning of 2018 to through 2022. So basically running those high touch group calls every single week. I did that for four and a half years. I did a weekly group coaching call on Zoom, on my calendar, same time, same place, every single week for four and a half years. And sometimes I would even have multiple calls a week. I had a mastermind and a coaching program. So I'd have two calls a week, or I had two separate group coaching programs with their own weekly call or one group coaching program that had two levels. And so over the years, I was probably doing two group coaching calls every single week for four and a half years. And what I realized far too late is that as amazing as those coaching calls can feel in the moment, they are 
pretty much not repurposable. Everyone who's ever done coaching calls for more than five minutes knows this, is that over time, you're answering the same question over and over and over and over again. And there's kind of this part of you that's like, well, I did answer that in a previous call. So am I going to go tell this person on my live call to go back and listen to a call from eight or 10 weeks ago? And I did talk about that before. No, I'll just answer it for her now. She's right here. But you know what I mean? So it just gets in this weird thing where this is why I think a lot of times people get burnt out on the Zoom calls for their programs is they're like, I've been doing this for four years and I'm literally answering the same questions over and over and over again, which is why the course exists and the curriculum exists. And that's all great, but you're still doing the calls and there's really no place for people to like, go get those little questions answered. And so it's sad because I was like, if you added up the thousands of hours that I spent creating those calls that are then pretty much not being repurposed. Now, you could make the argument that, yes, I could have hired someone to go through thousands of hours of coaching calls and edit them into individual FAQ knowledge-based style things. I could have paid someone to do that. I could have had someone clip them and edit them into little individual questions or sections or pull out the best little gold nuggets and stuff like that. I mean, like, we could have done that. But it's so much work and honestly didn't really seem super worth it at the time that that was the best way to reuse them. And they weren't even made, they weren't even recorded in the idea that they were going to ever be repurposed or listened to ever again. So that's part of it as well. I think just like that mindset. So anyway, up until last year, I start realizing Again, those calls are great and magical for the people who are there live, but no one listens to the two-hour replay. No one is scrubbing through the two-hour video, hoping that they find a question that they like the answer to or that they're interested in and waiting for their, right? I mean, even we do timestamps and everything and transcripts, but even with that, it's still not the best. So I was like, okay, what I want to do is, and this is part of in the last year, like at the end of last year, I was like, no more calls. I cannot do, I do not want a single Zoom call on my calendar ever. This is very rare, very lucky that we are on a video call right now. <laughs> <laughs> she's on Riverside, not on Zoom. So she's on still Zoom. holding true. So I was like, not a single Zoom call shall I ever do. Obviously I do them like once in a while for like important meetings, but very rarely. And in that transition, I decided a much more accessible and convenient way for people to get their questions answered would be that they submit a question and then I record an individual mini episode, four to 10 minute episode answering that question. And then we add it to the private podcast feed so that over time, the vision is that, and as of today, I think we have over 70 episodes in our private podcast feed, which means I've published 70 private podcast feed episodes this year. And since February, when we launched it, less than 30 on my public feed, which I think is so interesting. Like my private feed has so much more content on it than my public feed. Yeah, but And the minutes of time spent doing that versus the hour oh plus call, like we're talking. I know. What? Yeah. <laughs> I cry a single tear every time <laughs> I think about it. No, but I mean, it's like, I get that it's like there was magic in those calls in the mm -hmm. moment. But the magic is then gone and it is not repurposable. People are not going back and watching archives of coaching calls from six months ago. Of course not. No, they're not. But 
when I started spending time saying, okay, I'm going to record individual episodes, answering people's questions so that they're searchable. You can find in the, the feed is searchable depending on what podcast app you're using. So you can find exactly the answers that you need. And people do go back and listen to the beginning in a way that people go back today and listen to the original episodes answering high value FAQ and Q&A questions from six months ago, but they would never go listen to a two-hour coaching call from six months ago. They'd be like, that's so out of date. Why would I do that and waste my time, right? No one's going to do that. So I am building a valuable archive of Q&A answers that gets bigger and bigger and more valuable over time, rather than it just being like lost to the wind after that (laughs) recording is done. And so it's more evergreen. I just feel like I'm actually spending time on an asset, right? Something Mm. that's going to continue to be valuable for my clients and any new people who come in can catch up on all of that very easily. They can just pick and choose the whole thing of like, you don't have to scrub through two hours of calls every week. You can pick and choose a handful of things that stand out to you or pique your curiosity. Now, the way that we do this is not a free for all. I'm also the queen of boundaries, <laughs> queen of a lot of things, but queen of, queen of boundaries. And so I set really specific parameters around what my Q&A private podcast feed for my clients is and isn't, and it is not a free-for-all. So what that means, is, and I knew this when I designed it, like this was from day one. I was like, it's not just going to be like, everyone can submit a million questions and I'll answer every single question every single week. It's not that. Otherwise, we would just end up with more of the same, which is your program becomes this kaleidoscope of a hundred tiny little questions that you've answered for one person's most specific situation that doesn't apply to anyone else, right? So what I do is people submit their questions in advance to be answered on the private podcast. We use Airtable form just to collect the questions. But then what I do is I curate which questions I'm going to answer and which questions are going to be put on the private podcast feed as an audio response and an audio answer. And like I said, these are all individual mini episodes, usually four to 10 minutes. Some of them are more like 30 minutes because someone asked a big question. And so there's more to answer there. So sometimes they will be longer, but we try to keep it short and sweet just to respect everyone's time. But I will curate which ones get answered on the private podcast feed as audio, not all of them. So I'm very clear with my clients about that, that what I'm looking for is questions that are going to serve the group at large, questions that are going to be the most value for the most amount of people, the questions that are the most high level in terms of speaking to where the majority of the group is at, just like being mindful of if I'm going to spend my time, I want this to be a valuable asset in an archive that people go back to over and over again. I don't want it to become like what happens with the coaching calls where it can just kind of get just so overwhelming with tons of stuff that's no longer relevant. So I do try to think, is this question still going to be timeless six months from now? Is this question something that we get? Have we gotten this question 10 times before? Okay, that needs to be something that we answer. So I'm very intentional about which questions I answer for the private podcast feed. And in my, my, because everyone wants to know, like, Set again, how do I set expectations around this and stuff like that? In my program, what I do is usually four to six episodes, usually every four to six weeks. So 
usually it ends up being once a month, but I like to, I give my clients that timeline of like, I will drop four to six episodes every four to six weeks. Usually ends up being monthly, but I give myself a little bit of buffer there just in case something comes up and, you know, life happens or whatever, which life is always happening. And I think a lot of people think, oh my gosh, well, if I did this, I would have to set like a specific day every month where I drop the podcast. Or they think I would have to release a Q&A episode every single week at this specific time and day. Guys, I don't do any of that. Scheduling is not a thing. I like no calls, no schedule, no, no, no deadlines. <laughs> like I can't function with those things. And it's only in the last year that I've gotten so crystal clear on how I'm willing and not willing to work. And so because of that, I give myself a lot of flexibility. I also know that if I'm in the best energy flow and in the best mood and I have high energy and I'm inspired to answer those questions, if I'm recording it in that mood, those questions are going to be so much better than if I recorded those episodes when I'm like exhausted and tired and just trying to meet a deadline arbitrarily. So I don't try to force that. So basically I do, like I said, between four to six episodes in a batch. They get dropped in a batch and that usually comes out once a month. But I'm very clear with my clients that there might be months where there's nothing and I might be on vacation or on holiday or whatever. There might be months where something comes up. But so far we have done it every single month. I haven't had that happen yet, but I always like to give myself some buffer. I have a question, I guess, as it relates to this, as I'm thinking, well, there's two things. This one relates to the delivery. So if I'm a student and I need a question answered, are most of the students asking questions that aren't like urgent? And so meaning they're not expecting a response quickly, Mm -hmm. right? And so I I would say that as I look at our coaching call and I think about the string of questions, it's true. You know, sometimes there's stuff that's happening immediately. So I did hear you say you have a series of questions that it sounds like you respond. Do you respond via text, email, or, you know, when the questions come in that... Yeah, Yeah, a community. Okay. We have a community. Like our membership is on, we have a membership called Monetize right now, and that's on a platform with a community. And so we have that. And then we also, we've all, on some platform, one way or another, there's a community. And we always make it clear. Yeah, we always make it, whether it used to be Slack, it used to be Facebook, it used to be whatever. Now it's on school, but like it's always, we've always had a community. So if someone has a question that they want answered more quickly, they should Uh, go post it in the group, which is, again, it's a way for people to maybe self-select and filter like, is this a question that would take two seconds for Mariah to type out and link me to. (laughs) Sometimes if the question for a coaching call is like, what email platform do you recommend? I'm like, that is just, you could just make a post and I'll just link you, right? So that's not really a coaching call question. It's Mm. not really like an in-depth answer that is required. So I, which is again, another thing I filter for because we take pre-submitted questions and then I'm curating and I'm going through and choosing a handful of questions that are going to get answered. If there's questions that people submit that I'm like, I don't know why they didn't post this in the group, but for whatever reason they didn't, and it's completely appropriate to be put in the group, I'll just go and answer it there. So yeah, the more immediate questions should be answered in your community. But and I'm I set that expectation, I make that clear. But then the these deeper questions that people are asking, it's also a place for me, like the private podcast. It's a it is I call it the Q and A feed for our clients, but 
We also put other behind the scenes on there that are just once in a while, like launch debriefs we'll put on there, behind the scenes of my own business, team stuff, or just updates that I wouldn't really put on the public podcast feed. But we also do use it for exclusive client-only content and updates and debriefs and behind the scenes, uh, even though most of it is Q&A. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And more and more, of course, people are asking us, like I'm sure one of the feeds we should create at one point is for our actual course content. <laughs> Although I have that's too easy to do for that. you. <laughs> oh, okay, but, like, but I think more and more people are like, "Can you put this workshop or this lesson or this particular training that I think could be appropriate for the the podcast feed or could be appropriate as just audio?" Then I'll just add that in there too. Yeah. So okay, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, because I was thinking too, and and we can get into. Unless there's other logistics. Nora, did you have any other logistics questions? I, not so much on the logistics side. I'm probably thinking where your head is going, which is like on the creator side. Okay, I'm doing this. I'm also kind of burned out, but I'm also nervous. I'm scared to make this change because I'm worried about perceived value. I'm worried about that kind of stuff. I I definitely want to address that. And then I think the only other, I guess, one logistics question in the delivery is when I know having done this for years also, sometimes the quality of the question that we get on coaching calls, it's not complete or it's not, doesn't have all the information Uh, we need to answer it. And so sometimes that banter going back and forth can be helpful. And I also, I don't think that's always required. And I'm curious what your thoughts are. I know, and and this can be like you picking and curating, but also it also, when I get questions that are not complete, or I would say, Maybe there's three options depending on this thing that you forgot to tell me, right? Have you sold this before? Whatever that is. I think it actually makes my response to that more in-depth and more applicable to more people. So have you found that as well? I think logistically, I think that's one thing that might come up for some people. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I get what you're saying. It's, well, how would I do this? Because a lot of times on coaching calls, I'm asking 10 clarifying questions, which is Again, they're different. I'm not saying that a private podcast feed that is curated is it's not a one-to-one, but it has been what I think is a more effective format of a more effective, more accessible, more convenient time-wise that more people can show up to. I mean, I got to the point in some of my programs where no one could come to the coaching call times just because of schedule. And this is post-pandemic, just like people not being able to show up for specific things. And I'm like, this doesn't work. Like this doesn't work. You know, I'm not even getting the opportunity to go back and forth with people because of scheduling issues, but it's not like a one-to-one equivalent. It's new. It's different. It's fresh. It's not trying to be a coaching call. So Mm. let's not try to to make most of our programs aren't, we're not coaches. We're like, (laughs) that's been a big thing. A lot of people hire coaches to do that stuff. But to your point, if it's information, experiential, trying to get knowledge that you have over the years that you've been doing this, it's this is more efficient. You're not trying to like tell Sally she can do it. You're trying to get Sally the information that she needs. Yeah. And what I do, like you were saying, Nora, what I do is I re whatever I have to do to reshape the question to make it applicable to as many people as possible and to make it applicable and as evergreen and as So someone asks, should I launch on February 16th? I'm like, okay. So what this question is, is, is there good and bad times to launch during the year? Okay. That's a question that can apply to everyone. What are my thoughts on launching during 
holidays or different seasons? Do I have any preferences? I don't really need to answer the question, can I launch on February 16th? It's what do we need to reshape this question to make it make sense for everybody? And that's just something that honestly I think is easier to do when you have time. I take all the submitted questions, I go through, I curate which ones I'm going to answer. And then I have time to like outline and prepare what I'm going to be doing for that rather than on a live call. But I will often, if it is this open-ended thing, I will just be like, well, this question has two answers depending on these two factors, but I'm going to answer from both perspectives because some of you listening might be in camp A and some of you might be in camp B. So take the question as a jumping off point, but reshape it and whatever you have to do to configure it to make sense for everybody and to be applicable on this bigger scale or just like in general, I think is totally fine. And then people end up being like, oh my God, that was so helpful. You answered the question. I didn't even know I had to ask. That's what I meant to say, but I couldn't get it out. I'm like, yes, I know. I know. That's my magic. (laughs) This is cool. Like as I'm thinking about it and Nora's question about perceived value, or I don't know, we talked about that at the beginning. We'll talk about it. Yeah. 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 And I see this and I'm like, oh, you're totally demonstrating your expertise to a group of people who are busy AF already. Of course, I don't have time to show up to a coaching call where 20 minutes is taken over by this one person as much as you try to move it on to the next. We've been coaching called out for the last 10 years. And to your point, it's not an exact one-to-one, but, and this is what I always say about audio, People are like, yeah, but like audio doesn't have visual and I'm not good. And it's like, yeah, but if you're not watching it at all, it doesn't matter if the other one's better. And so, you know, if you're not attending the coaching calls, it doesn't matter that maybe it's better to build community or whatever, or you're getting more live off the cuff stuff. But we're talking about efficient transfer of information. and, And I can see how an entrepreneur possibly at a certain level, but this could become the norm. I could see as somebody would respect that and be like, thank you for making this efficient and letting me binge 70 episodes when I have time versus right. having to show up live to something, which makes it 10 times harder. So yeah, I'm totally. I'm selling myself on this, which I, I think you expected you. By, this, by this Oh chat. yeah. No, I agree with you that listening to it at all is better than not consuming the content in any format. Mm-hmm. If that's the alternative, then it is better to have an audio than to not have anything at all. And I think in terms of the perceived value, I definitely got a ton of questions about this when I first, from my own clients, when I first introduced this as I'm not doing calls anymore in any of my programs, we have a Q&A private podcast feed, here's how it works. People were definitely like, it's one of those things, the tough thing about it is that until people have experienced yeah. it, they yeah. don't. They imagine that it won't be as good, but then the minute they experience it, they're like, this is so much better. How have I lived any of my life without this? I can't believe I've, I will never do, I will never go to a coaching call again. I will never miss a coach. I like, I will never care about coaching calls again. This is what I want to do in my program. Now, the minute people experience it, they see the magic of it. But up until then, I think they are skeptical. And so we did get a lot of questions of like, can I really charge this much for this program? Is it going to be seen as valuable and this kind of stuff? And I do think part of that is, again, it's not a one-to-one. So I want to be super clear and realistic as well. I do not charge the same amount now for my programs as I did 
for programs that included live calls, right? In order to physically have to pay for the overhead of having live calls, those programs definitely were priced higher. So it's not like, oh, am I going to take this higher ticket group coaching program and just swap this out? The thing that I teach my clients is if you want to go full asynchronous like I have, we at one point in our higher ticket programs, like our mastermind, for example, we replace the calls with, yes, the private podcast feed is part of it, but you can replace it with asynchronous voice memo coaching communication. So no calls, but you're still having personal interactions with your clients asynchronously. People use Voxer, I use Slack, whatever. So I'm, I just want to give that, I guess the caveat is like super, super high ticket. I'm talking like, you know, multi five figure mastermind you're probably going to have other forms of support, asynchronous one-on-ones, group chat, voice memoing, all that kind of stuff, in addition to something like a Q&A private podcast. So right now, my programs where the Q&A private podcast feed is included, they are at a different, we you know anywhere from $1,000 a year to $3,000 a year for that type of, with a course where the support is A, either a group, or and the Q&A private podcast feed. I do think that people are going to have to experience it and there needs to be a whole shift mm-hmm. and there needs to be a whole just like sea change, I guess, for like a critical mass of people to have experienced this and be like, this is so much more convenient. I'm getting more out of this. I'm absolutely in love with this format. And they will then see it as just as valuable. The same way that like I had to do asynchronous voice memo coaching with my clients in order for them to be like, this is so much better than having a one-on-one call with you. We can never go back. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I know. <laughs> so they have to experience it to to get it. But I hope that more and more people will give it a chance and will experience it and get it. Because now the feedback that we get from our customers, which I really try to I really try to share people's feedback and wins with the private podcast as much as possible so that more people give it a chance. But the feedback we get is just incredible. People being like, this is my favorite part of the entire program. I don't even need, I don't care about the curriculum. I don't care about the videos. (laughs) Like I would just, I'm just paying for access to this. It's so valuable. People telling us that it feels more personal. I don't know if you guys ever think about this. I overthink everything. So, and I'm like hyper vigilant and hyper sensitive to everything going on around me. So there can sometimes be like dynamics happening on a group call that are, you're like managing the energy of 20 people and they're all, some of them are bored and some of them are annoyed and some of them are happy and some of them are crying and some of them, like, there's just a lot. (laughs) And like, Ask me why I'm exhausted after four four and a half years of doing that all all the time. But you're emotionally managing and holding this very complicated dynamic on a group call. So what's interesting, and I think sometimes that can make the group call feel like less personal, like it's personal because people are having back and forth, but they don't feel necessarily super comfortable or what I mean there's just a lot that can happen there's just a lot there's so many different things that can happen but it's funny because we've gotten a lot of people say when I hear you respond to questions answering questions on the Q&A private podcast I feel like you're talking directly to me even if I didn't ask the question but it's something I'm interested in 
it feels more personal. It feels like you're just speaking directly to me. You're not distracted by so-and-so is going to talk over here. So-and-so is going to interrupt us or, you know, and like, I don't know. I just get really good feedback, obviously, from people being obsessed with the private podcast feed. Yes, because it's convenient. All the logistical reasons that people like it, it's convenient, it's searchable, it's individual episodes. So nothing is scrubbing through a two. Even if you took a coaching call recording and put it on a private podcast feed, that's not as valuable as taking the time to record individual episodes and having them all on their own searchable. So yes, people love that part, but they also love the emotional connection, I think can feel stronger through that format, which everyone says, but sometimes can feel even more intimate than a group coaching call with 30 people. It's so funny, Nora, are you just sitting here being like, yeah, we say this all the time about private podcasts and then to be like, as it replaces a coaching call, I could totally see how that would work. And I'm sitting here being like, how fascinating, because I always say the benefit of joining a group call, even if whatever you're thing is you hear other people going through stuff and it's so much easier to process their stuff. And then when it's yours, like it's right. And I was like, it's just, it's very valuable because it's removed, it's self-removed. But in this private podcast feed, super interesting. The questions are you and you're answering them. And it's just like, oh, it's almost like they were meant only for me. So do you say like Lindsay's of Hello Audio submitted this question? No. No. So you keep it neutral. I love that. No, that's a great question. Completely anonymous. I never say who submitted the question. And like I said, sometimes I will rewrite how they asked the question. So what I'll do is if someone submits a question, I meant to say this earlier when I was talking about Nora, to your point of like, how do we make this more applicable to more people? I will make the answer more applicable, broader, more, here's the different angles of this. But then I will sometimes use the actual person who submitted the question as an example. So I'll be like, as I'm, so I'm giving this broad answer, here's everything you need to know about this topic. Let's look at an example. I won't say their name, but I'll be like, so-and-so let's say is a book coach. And so their program is about how to write your book. So if we gave that as an example, blah, 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 blah. So I will sometimes use the person who submitted the question as an example, but still anonymously just using their situation that they asked about as an example in the bigger context of here's everything you need to know about this topic, but they're all anonymous. So I'll just say the next question or today's question is blah, 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 but I don't say who submitted them. That helps it even more. Matter. It's not yeah, part yeah. of- it's a, not that it doesn't matter, but it's not part of the, that's not part of the listening of it, I guess. Yeah. And it makes it truly evergreen from that perspective. Yeah. It like removes it from the moment. Yeah. Totally. I love it's this awesome. so much. Yeah, yeah me too. Well, and yeah. I think, you know, when you run group coaching for so long and we've all tried different things to make them better, right? Like, we, yeah. I mean, for how many years, right? You've done this right. for over four years. And it, I mean, every time we're always trying to show up, we're trying to make sure our clients get the most success that, to make them more as, as valuable as possible. We've tried different things like submit questions in advance. and But you're yep. still all the factors of live group coaching. You can't control any of that. And I feel like is we have clients that come in, they might not be in the state of mind to receive sometimes mm, the, sure. the information, right? And so, sure. and I'm sure you've had this experience too, where you've said something on a call where it was absolutely relevant to the person on the call, but they weren't in the state of mind to hear it at that mm. moment. And then we're saying the same thing the next call, right? But, or maybe right. three or six months down the road where they're, and I feel like with this format, 
it reaches people when they need it. And it's always mm-hmm. there when they're ready to receive it. Oh, and yeah. I think that's important. And you will link back, you will link back to those episodes over and over and over again, mm-hmm. all the time. People will post their questions in the group, in the community, and I'll be like, we have a private podcast episode about that. It literally answers everything you're asking about. Here you go. Would I have ever done that? Again, being like, oh, I answered this that coaching on the coaching call, call from a year here. ago. Yeah. Here's the link. Go, good luck finding <laughs> that section. I just would, even though we have a database of all of our recordings, it just would have been crazy to try to find that individual answer from a year ago. Whereas now it's not a big deal. You're always linking back to it. In our community, we do something called, we do podcast chats, both in our, we have a public free community and we have a private community. But in our private community, for our members, our paid members, we have a private podcast chat. So every time we release a private podcast episode, we create a discussion post that we can always answer follow-up questions or dive deeper. The cool thing about the platform we're on is we can then pin that discussion post to where we uploaded the podcast so that we can... Oh, so then that like information like, lives on. That's nice. There. Like it yeah. lives there. It's almost like comments under a... We create like a lesson, essentially like a dummy lesson for each private podcast episode. And then there's like a discussion post pinned underneath it. So people can always see or ask follow-up questions or get clarification or just leave comments on what they learned from that episode. So it's been really cool for also just like engagement in your community is stale and lacking, then I think it's been really great for continuing to keep people who people engaged who otherwise might just fall off of complete completing a static linear online course versus consuming the they consume the private podcast. That's like an easy entry point when they first join the program. They're like, cool, I'll just start like seeing what I'm curious about. And then the private podcast, I'm like, I mentioned lessons and templates and resources and trainings and everything that's in the program. Often I will mention those in private podcast episodes. So it keeps people going back to the curriculum as well. Just like a great little ecosystem. But I think like you were saying the I I always want to say that the live coaching calls, they are very magical in the Mm -hmm. moment. Whenever I'm on a live call feels so like energized and amazing. And like, this is so great. Look at the breakthroughs we're having. We've all had those amazing moments, but it's more the, the logistics around it of, yeah, scheduling it. No one can come to this time. This is not working. And then all the other logistics around it. Do live calls have a time and a place? Absolutely. And I have a lot of friends who love them. I have a lot of friends who are like, they don't want to do like asynchronous coaching like I do. They prefer calls. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't get those people. <laughs> but I do have friends who are like, oh, I would much prefer a Zoom call than talking to someone on voice messages all day. So everyone is different. And there's definitely a lot of magic to be had in that format. This is just something different. And at the end of the day, it's more efficient. It's more practical. It's more evergreen. It's more repurposable. It's more valuable to more Mm. of your students. Might you have a magical interaction with one person on a coaching call? Absolutely. And those can make it all worth it. I'm not knocking it. I did it for many, 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 many years, thousands of hours of calls. So I get it. But at a certain point, you're like, okay, I want this to be valuable for people a year from now. And I want to start, I want to start answering these big questions in a place that's referenceable. And that was the big, the big transition point for us. 
efficiency is definitely one of my love languages. So like, mm-hmm. this speaks to me. And I, I think for a lot of the people that we show up and want to support, they're mm-hmm. busy. I don't know anyone that isn't busy. So I think this is, right. I just, I love what you're doing. It's just so different. It. Yeah. It's so different than like 2020 and 2021 when it's like, connecting on zoom was Mm. literally the only way to have connection with other humans so we were all looking to do i mean at least like for me even as an introvert i was like yeah put the zoom calls on my calendar the more time the better because otherwise i'm just staring at a wall you know so when you're stuck inside in quarantine but i think after that just a lot of a lot of that has shifted in terms of people's availability and schedules and now everyone's driving around, they're in the car, mm-hmm. they're on, they're cooking dinner, they're commuting, they're doing whatever they're doing. And if they can be listening and absorbing while they're doing other stuff, I think, like you said, if that's the thing that gets them to actually engage with the content at all, even if it's not through a video or through the, per- the perfect circumstances, that's better than nothing. Yeah. And as you were talking to, I was thinking about a lot of courses five years ago, it's like we were all talking about what does it mean to be a teacher? What's the difference between a teacher and a coach and a consultant? And this is still an oh, issue yeah. that we have. And so as I hear you, it's like this seems the most efficient way to handle an online course and learning environment. And then it's like, you know, if you're a people person, there are other places you can put yourself. There are other things you could join. Yeah, maybe a mastermind that has retreats or have a one-on-one coach that you meet with calls. You don't yeah. have to get that connection in every single thing you buy online, I guess. And that's what, to your point earlier, you're not saying replace them. There's no need for them anymore. It's just like, depending on what your goals are with your program and how you want people to get through the content and learning material and what your deliverable and promise is, this yeah. could really solve, I think, a lot of problems for a lot of people. And yeah, you could be like Mariah and have a course that's run like this and have one-on-one coaching and have a mastermind that has more in-person yes. stuff. And I still think that distinction would make someone be like, cool, I'm buying the program because I X, Y, Z. These are the yeah. reasons I'm buying a program versus doing the mastermind. We all make right. these decisions. So I think that's been that's helped consolidate the purpose of the Q&A feed for me, how it's it's distinct. It's the, it is, in my opinion, in this moment, (laughs) it feels like the best solution for, I want to add some sort of support to my course, course. like a a premium course that is again, primarily self-guided primary. It can be, it can definitely be a, I mean, I do have clients who have very high to get one-on-one and masterminds and they have a very exclusive private podcast feed where only their 10 clients mm-hmm. get access. Mm-hmm. And it's the most exclusive behind the scenes of their business. You can definitely use it totally. at a small scale and you can use it to add value in a larger scale. I think if you have this mid-tier, like I said, $1,000 to $3,000 premium, but more self-guided course area, then this is such a good way to have, still have interactions, still have that personal touch, still have support and people can ask questions and get in-depth answers. But this is the appropriate format for, I think, that kind of price point. Whereas if you're going higher than that, you might add things like asynchronous one-on-one or voice messaging or Voxer group or even calls. But it's like you said, it's two different things. I will say the future for me, what I would like to get to is that monetize with Mariah, that private podcast feed is a product in and of itself Mm. with nothing else. And I would like to get to the point where I am selling a private podcast feed on its own as a standalone product and that enough people understand how valuable it is, not only because you get access to 
however many at that point, however many hundreds of episodes will be on there. And but also you have the ability as a paying member to submit questions. That's yeah. like one of the benefits, right? Right now it feels like private podcast feeds are especially the way I'm using it as a Q&A feed is a complement in addition mm. and a bonus and a, a support structure around curriculum. I want to get to a place where it is a core product that we sell yeah. on its own. And I feel like I'm just working on how to position that, how to make people get it, <laughs> collect again, really like collecting any of that great feedback that we get when people are like, oh my gosh, the private podcast feed has totally blown away my expectations. Just gathering that up and making sure that we can work towards that at some point. I really do see it as being something that people see as I just pay to subscribe to this like, mm-hmm. Q&A feed. I a thousand percent think that's possible. I I, I, I would like to do it now, but yeah, you probably could. And, yeah. but I bet the repository you create, I mean, you might have several feeds in here that might be themed if it gets big enough, depending on how the content is breaking out, but you got to listen to Andrea Crowder's episode as well, yeah. which we just listen. recorded I with her. Yeah. I downloaded all of your- Hers is all, coming. All it's not out yet. Episodes. So okay. it's okay. to be seen, but her entire business is audio based and it's her people love it. So she's done love full that. courses. She does live calls and the live calls end up in the course feed, but people eat it up. But her, love but that. what she's teaching is a little different, but the the point being that audio as something that can sell on its own and even potentially at a premium yeah, cost is growing. it's definitely happening out there. So definitely. Well, this has been enlightening. <laughs> Dare I say something maybe we'll play with, but Mariah, that was so great. I'm excited and um, grateful for all the risks that you take in business and that you share publicly with people. Everyone who's listening is probably just like, oh my gosh, how do I do this? So please follow Mariah. I, I don't know if you have what you show up the most on, typically maybe IG and your free community. We have to direct them to your free community. Yeah, I would say, well, honestly, I mean, you could come follow me on Instagram, but don't expect much. But I would say <laughs> the real places to hang out with me are the Mariah Cause podcast. I mostly focus on my podcast. That's my number one channel. So come and listen to the podcast. Mariah Cause Show, and then come hang out in our Creator Party community. CreatorParty.co should take you there. It's free. It's for anyone who creates content and wants to monetize with courses or digital products or programs or anything like that. So yeah, come hang out with us. It's really fun. And I spend a lot of time in there. There you go. Awesome. Well, thanks for stopping by. Thank you. And there you have it, audio heads. Another episode of Launch Your Private Podcast is in the books. I hope you're leaving today feeling even more ready to amplify your voice and connect with your audience in meaningful ways. The adventure continues in our next episode with even more insights, strategies, and inspiration to help you along your own private podcasting journey. Of course, make sure to check out helloaudio.fm to start your own private podcast. And remember, you've got amazing content that needs to be heard. So let's turn the volume up. Until next time.